0: I want to start with a story, but as a kind of someone who's deep in cognitive psychology, I know the problem with telling stories or anything with memory is just fraught with inaccuracies. So much so that eyewitness testimony has been and, and usually rightly attacked as an unreliable testimony on the stand because our memories and our minds are, are have a knack of just blending in other stuff that works great for creativity to take bits from here and bits from here and bits from here and your unconscious puts them together and bam, it creates a good idea. But when you're talking about uh, being an eyewitness testimony on the on the stand, not so good. And when you're trying to just retell a simple story in a podcast episode for crying out loud, then you're gonna doubt yourself and figure out what was it, did this, what part of it did this really happen? So here's what I want to dig into. Years ago there was a huge traffic jam. Okay, truck driver. And it seemed this truck driver forgot exactly how high, 12 foot nine inches or something like that, that his trailer was, and he drove under a bridge. Now, fortunately, he wasn't going very fast. And you can imagine just a horrendous shrieking sound as the metal of the truck hit the bottom of the metal of the bridge, and that truck came to a shuddering stop, like, right in the middle. It seemed the driver wasn't, was going just fast enough, and the trailer was just high enough that, man, it kind of made it deep under the bridge. Well, the bridge didn't suffer much from the impact. Um, and, the, and the trailer wasn't horrendously damaged, but due to a whole bunch of factors, they couldn't easily unload it and move the truck. I mean, this thing, truck couldn't have been more stuck. Well, eventually, authorities got on the scene quickly. Imagine it was state police or civil engineers, local police, traffic department, department of transportation, I don't know. But everybody was there. And you can imagine there was more flashing lights than they knew what to do. with. I'm sure there were ambulances and fire trucks there. So these people who were experts at this, okay, they knew this stuff, and I assume they're smart. I assume they're creative. Well, they were scratching their head trying to puzzle this thing out. They said, you know, I-, I got an idea. Let's pour a lot of oil on top of the truck, and then it will slip out. Another person said, no, 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 that wouldn't do, that's, you know, and they came up with a reason why that wouldn't work. And someone said, I got an idea, let's heat the bridge with, I don't know, extra industrial heaters or blowtorches or whatever, and because bridges are made to expand and contract, it will expand and then you could drive the truck out. So someone said, no, 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 we couldn't do that, it might damage, I got an idea, let's get a crane and we'll lift the bridge like one inch. And No, 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 no that's not going to work. So all of these experts are puzzling, and meantime, of course, traffic is just backing up, and backing up, and there's news choppers. And this, you know, it—it it was fortunately no one was hurt, but it's just a disaster. So all of these experts are milling around, frustrated. And then up comes this kid. You know, I don't know if he's, if he snuck under the the tape or how he got into the accident scene or whatever. And this kid's like, "Hey, Mister!" And of course they were like, "Not now, kid. Not now. We got things to talk about." Well, this kid would not be deterred. He's like, hey, mister. And, you know, he's like tugging on the jacket and and the person's like, get away from me, kid. Get away, I got things to do. Finally, he got someone's attention. And he said, what? What do you want, kid? And the kid just simply says, why don't you let a little air out of the tires? Then the truck could just drive right out. What I find fascinating about that story is all of the experts who were deep in their content about bridges, about trucks, about this. Didn't think of that one idea. But a little child who is used to pumping up his flat bike tires had that information right there. So, what in the world does that have to do with uh, you know, in a blog about helping people in business have good ideas more often? Well, keep listening, stick with this and we're going to see how that's going to go. Let me ask you, was that little boy creative? Now, before we answer that, we have to define our terms. And of course, that, that thing, that sentence I just said, we have to define our terms, should be, uh, should be and can be applied to every research question. Next time someone says, we need to do X. Well, let's define precisely what X is, because otherwise we're just chasing the tail. The problem with this blog and podcast, The Creativity Algorithm, is how do we define our terms when we're talking about creativity? Now, before we get into that, let's just throw out a metaphor, okay? The adult experts, the state police, the civil engineers, the local police, the firefighters, the Department of Transportation representatives, I'm going to suggest they're the management of a company. They know the company. They know the industry. They went to school for it. They went to training. They've years and years and years of experience. They know that company. They know the industry perfectly. Or do they? And I'm going to suggest that little boy is like the employees. That little boy had no idea of load bearing you know, stressors on the bridge beam. Or the horsepower and friction coefficient of the tires. Or I have no idea what any of that structural stuff is. The boy didn't know, but he knew what he knew. And I'm going to suggest that employees see a problem from a different angle and thus can see solutions that the consciousness or the management expert team of the company cannot. I just, I just want to park that idea in your mind a little bit. I think there's something to that. All right, well, let's keep going. Let's dig into the concept of how do we define intelligence or how do we define creativity? You know, there's not a unified, agreed-upon definition of creativity. And, and that probably doesn't and shouldn't surprise you. Creativity is a subset of intelligence, which is a subset of cognitive psychology. And I'm sure you know it's very tough concept, intelligence, to define. Like a lot of things in psychology are tough to define. Let's talk about what is abnormal behavior. And that's a very difficult thing to say. And, and the phrase they oftentimes throw out is trying to define something in psychology is like trying to nail jelly to a wall. You know, I, I kind of like that. That one, no, no pun intended, stuck with me on this. So despite creativity being a difficult concept to define, that doesn't mean we shouldn't try. Let's just pause here. Let's pause here for just a second. If you've been listening to this podcast or reading the blog, then you probably know what's coming. I'm about to challenge you or give you a, a, something weird to think about, a concept to envision. You know, so here's my question for you. Ready? How can we define something? That doesn't exist. I'll repeat it. I'm suggesting that creativity doesn't exist. So how can we define something that doesn't exist? Maybe you immediately said, "What do you mean it doesn't exist? Of course it exists. What the heck is the name of your podcast, Joe?" All right. Well then, if you think it exists, okay, you can see where I'm going with this sophism. Sophism. I'd like you to take a minute and prove creativity exists. If you can't do it right now, maybe you're in the car, maybe you're jogging, running, walking the dog, or whatever you're doing as you're listening to this, then I'd like you to maybe try later today or tomorrow or set some time later. In fact, maybe you should mark your calendar, take 15 minutes. 10 minutes to get into a relaxed alpha state, however you do it. Of course, I think breathing, progressive relaxation is important. That's how I get there. Maybe you just listen to your music and drink some tea. Maybe you go on a walk. Okay, however it is, I want you to get into an alpha state. And then take a couple minutes and ponder how you can prove that creativity exists. Notice I didn't say give an example of it. I said prove it exists. Giving an example is relatively easy, but we're not about easy cognitive tasks. That doesn't stretch the brain. That doesn't challenge the unconscious to want to play with you. So again, later today or tomorrow, sit down, alpha state, even if you're not good at getting into an alpha state yet, but again, practice makes progress. I didn't say practice makes perfect. Because I'm not sure there is such a thing as a perfectly relaxed state, but practice makes pr- uh, progress. So get into an alpha state and find a way to prove creativity exists. Maybe you're like, I don't know. That's I don't. That's too abstract. Okay. Well, let's use your imagination. Maybe envision yourself as a lawyer. You know, my cousin Vinny, Joe Pesci, is about to deliver the closing argument and 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 prove whatever Joe Pesci proved. So I want you to imagine yourself as a lawyer preparing a case and delivering a resounding closing argument that creativity does, in fact, exist. Okay, two things. So did you see what I did there? I asked you to push the puppy away. And if you have no idea what I just said right there, listen to the previous episode of the podcast. And just pushing the puppy away is an interesting tool by not letting yourself think certain thoughts, okay? And it's, it might be a simple cognitive trick, but trying not to think of something is one of the surest ways to have it pop into your mind. Don't believe me? I want you to try to get a task or chore done while having a puppy nearby. Again, just, that's the idea of, of the last post. The more you push it away, the more it will find a way to barge in on what you're trying to do. So cognitively, this is called thought suppression rebound. The more you try not to think about it, that's suppressing the thought, it's going to rebound and jump in your mind even harder. Try I mean, try it. I double dog dare you, and hopefully you get that reference from uh, the movie A Christmas Story. Um, and it's also a clever dog because we're talking about a puppy. And I said, I'm so, I'm so pleased with myself. I'm so clever. All right. Well, don't let yourself think of the solution that you would like to find. Push the puppy away, and it'll you'll be surprised to see what pops in your mind as the puppy jumps back. Okay, so the second thing, in order to prove it exists, notice I did not ask you to define it. I asked you to prove it exists. That's kind of pushing the puppy away. But in order to prove it exists, you have to have an idea of what it is. To have an idea of what it is, that leads us to definition. The root word, of course, of the word definition is fin, which means limit, like the word final, right, or finite. Can we put a box around the concept of creativity? Can we limit where it starts or where it ends? See, does your definition leave certain things out? See, often by trying to achieve a goal. So for instance, let's define intelligence. Okay, let's take LeBron James. It's okay to say LeBron James played that game intelligently. But is athleticism a type of intelligence? Are we limiting intelligence to and excluding athleticism? They both come from the brain. You know, so something to think about. So oftentimes, I just want you to think about that. Often by trying to achieve a goal, we are told to focus on one step at a time. But I asked you to skip that step. I didn't ask you to define creativity. I just said, try to prove it doesn't exist, prove it exists. Now, you can imagine some systems expert or an engineer is going to have a fit at the uh, concept of skipping a step. I almost hear a safety inspector, a quality expert gasp at the concept. Oh my gosh, I can't believe you skipped a step in the algorithm. How dare you? But your unconscious doesn't care about procedures and protocols. It operates according to rules we cannot fathom. Don't believe me? Think of that last time you had a song stuck in your head. <laughs> Just by mentioning, is that, is that song going to come back in there? You know, if thoughts are fresh and rebound. I'm going to challenge you. Do not think of that really annoying commercial jingle. And if you're like, oh, no, the more you see what I'm saying right there. The unconscious does its own thing. We're not going to control it all we can do is invite it to work with us. But I don't even like that phrase. I don't want to say invite it to work with us. No, 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 no. I want you to think invite it to play with us. By relaxing and not chasing the solution to a problem, the solution is more likely to appear. Now, be in an alpha state. While you ponder that kind of sophism, it's not going to guarantee a good idea. I mean, I, I've said it in an earlier post before, If and you know my metaphor of the unconscious is like a playful dog. You can train a dog to obey, but you can't train it to play. So how do we get this idea of a good idea from your unconscious? Well, we want to play with it. How are we going to play with it? We're going to challenge it by giving it games that it can sink its teeth in, run around, and eventually come back with it. So... I want you to try to prove that creativity exists. Imagine you're a lawyer and you're sitting there on the stand and someone on the other side, not on the stand, you're approaching the bench, you're giving a closing argument to the jury right after someone said, creativity doesn't exist. It's, it's a, not even a concept. For, you, can, it, you can't touch it. So think that through. How would you do that? Now, as we approach the end of this, you know, we end each of these episodes with kind of three things. We got a takeaway. We got spreading the thought and the title of the next post. Well, the takeaway, do your best to prove creativity exists. Before you try, allow yourself to get into an alpha state, concentrating on proving create, concentrate on proving creativity exists. Do that consciously with focus. Okay, so now this is where it gets weird. I'm asking you to consciously concentrate on proving that creativity, which if it exists, in your unconscious, prove that it exists. What would it look like? How big would it be? Where can it be found? If I want to prove Santa Claus exists, I at least have an idea of where to start looking. If you want to prove creativity exists, you got to start start somewhere. Okay, be the engineers who were concentrating on getting the truck out. Maybe, just maybe, your unconscious, by concentrating on it consciously, your unconscious will come around the corner and surprise you with something you might not have thought of. Okay, or better yet, uh, it just might just roll up your, I don't know what, uh, I was reading something, I don't even know what that last sentence was, but I'm going to tell you what, I'm already 14 minutes into this podcast, so I'm not about to delete this and start again. Okay, so we got our takeaway, okay, and I think that it is an extraordinarily challenged mental exercise, trying to prove that something exists. Spreading the thoughts. Okay, if you want a more academic def- definition to defining creativity, I want you to read the next read the next post. Okay, if it hasn't come out yet, which you know if you everything comes out on a Monday, then I guess you're a current listener and you're in the sweet spot between this post and the next post. That's cool. Uh, go back uh, to the takeaway and commit to try that. Our right, next post, the title: Academic Definition of Creativity.